Welcome to Dr. Suzanne Howard's audio play. Thank you for downloading and I pray you are truly blessed. To get more information on Dr. Suzanne Howard's ministry, feel free to visit www.suzannemhoward.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Let it Did you learn anything new or let's just say it may be this way. Maybe it wasn't new, but you've never paid attention to that part of you, but yet it showed up in the assessment and it brought you some joy or some it flagged something in you to pay attention to 110 on point on point for the most part dead on. I enjoyed it so much. Are there any adventurers in here? Did anyone come up adventurer? Oh, well, Ashley, make sure you take it again because you're going to need this for the rest of the year with us. Go and take it again. Matter of fact, you should have it still. When you sign into it, it should recognize you and um, it should bring you right back to your login. It help you recognize and flag. I can't wait to take mine. Good, Mike Tate. Angela Copeland, an adventurer. Okay, we got one on here. Anyone else? That be me. <laughs> Whereas anyone surprised that they came up an extrovert? Some things I was surprised at too. Come on, Ashley, because I really want to hear about yours. Because you've been very vocal and transparent about wanting to know more about yourself. Awesome. I was an advocate. Wow. See, in some places, if this doesn't work out, people would try to change you. You know, you can't go around trying to be an advocate for everyone. You can't go around trying to defend everyone. And it's your personality. It's how he made you. You just have to find a way, one, to work it in a place that doesn't cause you trouble. And two, it would be lovely if you could build an economy off of it, if you could make an income off of it. So if you came up an advocate, you should get down to the court, sign up to be in mediation, work some part in the legal degree, go and speak forth for children or for people who are disabled or rape victims who don't have a voice. You're an advocate. So if you don't find your right place to be, you're probably going to be out of line, maybe looked at as a, a busybody, instigator, troublemaker type thing. Um, so you really got to find your place as an as someone who advocates your right place in the world so that your gift can be celebrated and supported and you not feel bad about who you are as a person. I'm a supportive defender. Mm -hmm. You were surprised, Corinna. I can't wait for us to talk. I came up extroverted. Wow. 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 Surprisingly. Okay. Mike Tate. Wow. I'm a romantic and my weakness is organization. <laughs> Woohoo. Type A adventurer. Wow, we have that in common. Awesome. Well, I'm glad. So you got to know a little bit about yourself. So if I ask you, who am I? 
Give me one statement, just one word, something that you learned about yourself on this fourth day of So Detox, not of January, the fourth day of So Detox. Give me one word. I'm going to ask you now, who are you? I don't want names. I don't want titles and I don't want roles because that's not who you are. Who are you? I'm an introvert. Okay, see, that starts a good conversation and it's truthful. It's not the fullness and the depth of who you are, but it's it's truthful and it's honesty and it opens the conversation to get to know more about you. Oh, really? How did you know you were an introvert? Did you take the Meyer Briggs? No, I took 16personalities.com. Oh, really? What else did you come up at? And then you're actually sharing truthfully who you are with people. Do you know how rewarding it is to thyself? How rewarding it is to your soul to actually know who you are? You're not talking about the latest series on Netflix. You're not talking about the last movie you saw. You're not sharing about a book you just read. You're talking about yourself like a movie you watched, like a series you binged on, and like a book you read. You are actually able to talk about yourself. You can bring something to the table. And now you even have something to defend. Don't try to change me. This is how I am. This is how I work. Now, there's areas of my life that I need to improve on. But my core self, no, no, no. He's coming out this year. She's coming out this year. And I don't want to be around anyone who can't celebrate me coming out in my personality. Charming, virtuoso, introvert. Look at that. <laughs> Yes. And find a good place this year. You know, this is this is such an interesting time. Even on the news, they were talking about um, the big dilemma of everyone walking away from their jobs. People said if their mental health was at stake, they work hard and very hard to gain money to be with their family. But the more they work, the more time they were away from the family and the less money they had for the family. It was a setup. So there's this big People are leaving the jobs, the big resignation. That's what it's called. And people are leaving their jobs because they want to spend more time with their families. They don't care about being rich. They want mental health, solitude, peace that I leave you, peace that the world can't give you. That's what people want right now in 2022. So it's like the heck with all that money. I want to go out with friends. I want to have company over. I want to enjoy myself. People are looking for the greater way to live and enjoy abundant life. And it doesn't come from money or labels. Those are nice things, but they have their place. Let's be honest. Can we be honest? That's right. People are leaving their jobs. If you find out what your personality type is, what if while you're finding out what your personality type is, you found out you're in the wrong job? You really need to take this time to get to know yourself so you can embellish your personality, bring all your skills and gifts and qualities with it and walk into that marketplace and own it. And you can own it even without the perfect resume, because it is already who you are. But because you didn't know, you took this other job because it paid. You took this other job because it paid well. You took this job because you had no choice. The kids got to eat. I got to live. I got to pay for a roof over my head. But now that you're getting to know yourself, put yourself in the right place. One of the examples that we gave last night, we were talking about an introverted person who worked in sales. And that sales position was killing them because selling is not a point for introverts. 
an extrovert, the one who can talk, 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 and sell you something that you already bought and sell it to you twice. We talked about that, that, that person last night. So look how much more has opened up for you just in so detox, because if you're in the wrong lane, let us help you get in the right lane and learn to live that life that Christ talked about for us, that abundant life in mentally draining jobs. Exactly. Very, very good. All right. So we finished up on personality for now. We're going to, we'll, we'll bring it up again, probably when we get to the emotional intelligence assessment part of this, but we talked last night and I'll move from there about being highly introverted and having way more stress on you because you're in a position that really calls for a extrovert personality type. So if you are highly introverted and you're in a sales position, you're going to have to learn some real skills and maybe take on another personality to cope with the demands of your sales position, because selling does require an extrovert type personality with behavior patterns, or you should find a position that is more compatible with your personality. Awareness of your personality helps you to analyze and make such decisions. I'd love to help you out with this. Maybe in March or February, we can come on here for maybe three nights or do a Zoom for three nights. We all come in on a Zoom. We can we can even take it live to to help the world and talk about career choices and career patterns and and what you could get into or what you could even create on your own because of your personality type and get you out of that corporate box, that template. Does that sound interesting to anyone? So the next part we want to talk about, because what we're dealing with here is key areas of self-awareness. Do you remember that last night? Key areas for self-awareness, and it includes personality traits, personal values, habits, emotions, and psychological needs. So tonight we already did personality. Let's talk about values for a minute before we hit habits. It is important that we know and focus on our values. When we face, I'm sorry, when we focus on our values, we are more likely to accomplish what we consider most important. So in your journal, if it started flowing already, go ahead and start writing. But on one page in your journal at the top, on one page, it should have been personality. We did a lot of work with personality. Don't you love coaching? Isn't this one of the best things that happened to your life? Come on in. I forgot to invite you in. Come on in. Take a seat. Just you and I. Close the door behind you. And tonight, let's talk about values. Values. It's important that we know and focus on our values. When we focus on our values, we are more likely to accomplish what we consider important. What are your values? Do you know what you value in life? I ask this question, of course, often to my clients. And then I ask them that if I took their checkbook ledger or if I took their debit card ledger or maybe their cash app, will the audit trail for their money line up to where their value is? The Bible says that where our treasure is, right? So what we treasure is going to have evidence in our life. Our money's going to go there. Our time is going to go there. When you begin now, and you can finish this, of course, 
this tomorrow, this month, and through the rest of this year, because hopefully you're going to go back and you're going to change it. What may be your number one value right now, you may find needs to be down by number four or number five. What exactly do you value? What is valuable to you in your life? That's why last night I had you work on your qualities and putting a value next to it. Because when you put a value next to it, every time you give it away to someone, you will realize how much you are giving away. Let's just say, let's go back over here for a minute. I'm going to switch over on you. Back in the book. Let's just say we go back in the book and we go back down to number three, self-esteem versus self-worth. And I asked for your opinion of yourself and I asked for you to put a value on it. So let's just say that you value your dedication to your faith. And it's always been a high value to you. And I can look in your checkbook and I can tell by your tithing and your giving that you really do value faith-filled events, giving, helping people. Um, I look at your, your planner or your calendar, which you should have one. If you don't, <laughs> you're going to need one. If you start coaching with me, you don't go to bed without it. It's next to your Bible. And, um, I look at your calendar and I can see that you put a lot of time into your faith and the weeks that you're busy working on your own business, that you make more money, you give more money towards your faith and the things that you believe in, because that's a high value to you. You value your faith. Number one, and let's just say under faith, you put family, you value family. So if I talk to your family, Will they agree that you value them? Not in the gifts you give, but the value with family always comes with the time you spend with them. And oftentimes when people sit with me in my office and I ask them for the top five things they value, they usually get stuck around three and don't realize that they don't pay attention to the other things they value. Oftentimes they are shocked because their calendar, which is their time, their checkbook, debit card, or cash app, however you do your transactions, do not line up with what you say you value. Because what you value, your heart is there. And where your heart is, your treasures are also. So will your kids say you value them? Do you spend the time with them or you're too busy making money to help yourself to be a better parent, to give them the things that you didn't have, but all your time is really taken up outside. And when you're not working from working so hard, you're so tired, you're out enjoying yourself. And it's a whole cat and mouse, that, that hamster in the circle, running around, running around, running around, thinking you're actually getting somewhere and you're getting nowhere. What do you value? What's the first thing on your value list? Family is definitely number one. Okay. I'd like to know how. I would like to see what's your checks and balances. What evidence do you have that family is first? Is it just something in your heart or is it something that's true in your life? Your faith is important. Good. And it should show on your calendar and it should show in where you have your treasures at. Mm-hmm. So many people say, oh, God first, God is first, God is first. And when we start talking, baby, God ain't even fifth. He's not even fifth. Friends, enemies are getting more attention from you than God is. That's a deep one, right? Mm-hmm. Out of the heart flows, out of the mouth flows the issues of the heart. You can tell 
what you really value. See, this goes back to beliefs. When I ask who you are, it's easy to say you're an introvert because we did an assessment and we found out. But let's find out what you value. What do you believe is important in your life? Mm-hmm. And you need to begin to work on those changes if it's important to you because we're coming around self-awareness. Where's your money going? You know, one time I found out that I was spending $450 a month at this certain establishment. I couldn't believe it. And I mean, for six or eight months at a time, $450 a month. And it wasn't tithes and offering $450 a month. I was spending at this certain establishment and I kept saying, I wanted a new car. I want a new car, but I can't afford it. I can't afford it. I can't afford it. And I'm not one that balanced my checkbook. My money goes in and I just spend my bills come out automatically. I never balanced my checkbook. I just lived on a win. Can you imagine living like that? And then I finally went back one time, 400, the lowest it was one, one month was $375 I was spending at this establishment because I liked the place. It brought me joy. Um, it, it was friendly and cozy and I would go there often and be around people who knew me. And it, it just gave me this emotional thing that I need, but I didn't understand. I was $450 a month invested in it thinking I couldn't afford a car. Or I couldn't go on vacations that a lot of other people were going on until I looked at my checkbook. So if you were to ask me then what I valued, I would have said my son. I would have said my health. And I probably would have said my career. And none of them would have showed in my debit transactions. None of them. So I had to go back because what we would call that is really living a lie. That's a life of denial. You're living a lie. What you say you value, there's no proof to back it up. My time was nowhere in any of the three things that I would have definitely said I value the most. And then I probably would have said something real sarcastic at that time. Like, well, God knows my heart. Does that sound like anybody on here? What do you value and how important is it? So I want you to write down in your, your, your getting up, you know, when we're no longer on here after January 31st, I want you to, to reflect in your introspective time, at least once a month, take the time, take out your soul detox journal and look at the work that we started and accomplished on this month and just pay attention, look at it and, and see that you get off track with your values. Did you get off track with knowing yourself? Because what you value is where your treasure is attached. And it may not be what you think it is. And you may be really disappointed in yourself to find out that what you thought you were valuing was not in here at all. Okay, now let's move on to habit. We got a few more minutes. We're doing good tonight. Habits, 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 habits. Our habits are the behaviors. Did you ever think of habit as a behavior? Habits are behaviors. Habits are the behaviors that we repeat daily and often automatically. Our habits are behaviors. In fact, they are the behaviors that we repeat daily and often automatically. Although we would like to possess the habits that help us interact effectively, 
with and manage others, we can probably all identify at least one of our habits that decreases our effectiveness in life and in our relationships. On your next page, I want you to go ahead for me and I want you to write down your habits. We all have them. That's right, Tori. Habits are behaviors. What are your habits? Good. And for the sake of coaching, we're not going to say bad, but good, not so good and indifferent. What's your habits? Coffee as soon as I get up in the morning. Facebook as soon as I get up in the morning. Why do I need to write down? Because you're getting to know thyself. To get to know thyself is the most important decree. Out of you flows everything for life. Even your love relationship with the Lord. The Bible says to love the Lord thy God and to love your neighbor. But what we miss is the importance of that last line. That last line is really the first line. Love the Lord thy God. And he tells us how he, where he wants us to love him from. How's that working out for you? And as you love the Lord God, thy God, love your neighbor. Okay, got it. Love God, love my neighbor. Those are my values. Got it. It's done. Oh, as you love yourself. So if I don't know myself, can I really prove that I love myself? And if I can't prove that I love myself, how am I loving my neighbor and God? Introspective time, time for reflection. Wouldn't you say? Everyone's, oh, I love God. And then, but God knows my heart. You just, you just did a but. You just erased the whole first line of what you said. If you have to love the Lord thy God and then love your neighbor as you love yourself, the first love that you have to have, I know we ain't going to like it as Christians, but it's the self-love because out of this place is how we love God. God wants a human interactive relationship with us. He wants us to love him out of our humanity. In fact, it's out of our heart and out of our soul that he wants us to love him. He didn't ask us to love him out of his spirit. The spirit already loves God. Sandra, we're going to have to do something to help you to get some coaching. If you're willing to invest, we will invest with you. But Sandra, we've got to get you into some coaching therapy. You've got to get into something because this can be your year of turnaround. This is the year of man. You know what two is, right? Come on. That's, that's divine intervention. Let's get moving here. We are here. We are here. So how do you love your neighbor and your God as you love yourself? If you don't know yourself, you cannot even prove that you love yourself. All right. Habits. So please, another page for your habits. Write down your habits. Some of them you're going to learn because we're talking about them. I have a habit that every time I leave the office, I do this. I have a habit that every time I get nervous, I do this. I have a habit every time I get sad, I do this. I have a habit. What's the purpose of that? To know thyself. See, this is the beginning. And if you make this foundation, we can tell you what to do with it. We can help you, coach you, bring you into forward movement. But what we're building right now, we have you're putty right now. Let's just, let's do it this way. You're putty and you're molding out the image of who you are. Just the image. 
And then we're going to put the heart and the soul in it with you through our work together. Is that all right? So make a list of your habits. We still have some time. Let's go down to the next one. Let's go down to needs. Needs. Scholars have identified a variety of psychological needs that drive our behaviors. Whew. Elevator just went down to another floor here. Psychological needs that drive our behaviors. So there's something else behind our behaviors. A variety of psychological needs that drive our behaviors, such as needs for esteem, affection, belongingness, achievement, self-actualization, power, and even control. We have psychological needs that drive our behaviors. Some of these needs are esteem. We need to be esteemed. We need affection. We need belongingness, community. That's why a lot of people draw, join churches, become a part of women's groups or other cell groups within the church or friends or cliques or, or Weight Watchers Club, even gyms. Some people left the church and just joined a gym. Because for them, they couldn't connect with God. They couldn't connect on a spiritual aspect. The church stopped having disciples in the church. So no one's helping people to be discipled. So they join a gym. Why? Because what they are getting from the gym that they could not get from the church was belongingness. People have a psychological need to feel as though they belong somewhere to something. This is why people can stay in bad relationships. And you wonder, why haven't you left? Everyone else can see how toxic this is. Everyone else sees the beatings and the abuse and the, the relationship is just draining you and taking everything from you. It's a sense of belongingness that they have with this individual. Sometimes we call it soul ties and all these other things, but it's a sense of belongingness. And because people feel this sense of belongingness, it's a psychological need. People will stay in toxicity. Dead in jobs, dead in relationships, dead in churches because of the feeling to belong. Absolutely. Affection, belongingness, achievement, self-actualization, power and control. We'll deal with all of that a little bit more when we get into emotional intelligence. But I want you to go ahead and make a page for that as well. And if it's blank, let it be blank. Your coaches can help you with that. But I want you to make a page for needs, psychological needs. Let's move down to emotions. I want to get somewhere tonight because I want to make sure we have enough time to get to the meat of what we're going to be working on. I can hear some of you now. The meat. Well, what was this? Very fattening bread. Needs. Okay. The next thing we're going to talk about now is emotions, emotions. Now we're turning a corner for our goal for this month. Emotions. It's one of the five facets of emotional intelligence, understanding your feelings, what causes them and how they impact your thoughts, your actions is emotional self-awareness. Emotional self-awareness. I want you to write that down. Understanding my feelings, what causes them, 
and how they impact my thoughts and actions is emotional self-awareness. A person with high emotional self-awareness understands the internal process associated with emotional experiences and therefore has greater control over them and thyself. The five facets of emotional intelligence. Okay. So if you believe you are a person of high emotional self-awareness, you have gained good control in these areas. It's usually people who have spent years with coaches, high-end people who spent years with coaches who can actually say that. So let's deal more specifically with self-awareness and what it's about, okay? Self-awareness is about observing, observing. This is going to help you, those with that personality type to observe. This is going to help you out a lot right here. You're going to love this part. Self-awareness is about observing. The problem is it's not about observing only others, though. It's observing yourself. So the first thing we're going to observe is our pattern of thought. We're going to have pattern of thought, pattern of emotion, and pattern of behavior. I'm going to talk about three of them before we're done tonight. Pattern of thought, patterns of emotion, and patterns of behavior. Patterns of thought is how do you tend to think about and explain what happens to you? What's your self-talk like? What expectations do you hold in certain settings or with certain people? What are your core beliefs that influence your thinking? Patterns of thought. Self-awareness is about observing how you think. That's why we have that statement. You can determine the destination of your mind. That's a pattern of thought. What is your pattern of thought like? How do you tend to think about and explain how things happen to you? What's your self-talk like? What expectations do you hold in certain settings or with certain people? Do you know that you have unspoken communication what you expect from people and they don't, they're not even aware of it. You know how I know this happens because one of the main relationships that I've had the experience in with this is with your pastors. Many people have unspoken expectations from their pastor. They're unspoken. They're unknown. They're unaware, unworded, uncommunicated, not acknowledged, but there's an expectation you have of your leaders, your pastors, maybe even your friends. It definitely happens in marriage. What expectations do you hold in certain settings or with certain people? What are your core beliefs that influence your thinking? See, we're getting into it now. Because we're not even talking about how you interact with people. We're talking about what's going on up here. That has dictated a behavior that comes out out here. See, this is where we have to work on. People often want to correct behavior, you know, put them in prison cells and in um, institutes and whatnot to correct behavior. But behavior is corrected here, not here. It's not a physical correction. You want to change someone's life, you got to change their mind. 
You can choose the destination of your mind. So start paying attention to what's your self-talk like. I saw Ebony posted in the group uh, on our Wix app that she has three alarms in her phones and they go off. And when they go off, she causes her to stop for, even if it's 30 seconds, she stops for a few seconds. What have I been thinking about? Even if you're driving, walking, talking, what have I been thinking about? Do you even know what you're thinking about? What expectations do you hold in certain settings or with certain people? What are your core beliefs that influence your thinking? Then we can go back to your core beliefs about yourself, your core beliefs about God, the core beliefs you have about the world. Those are just three that I worked with you on. What are your core beliefs? Because this influenced your thinking. Your self-talk has been talking to you before church came on Sunday. And then your beliefs kicked in to confirm or validate your thoughts. It influenced your thinking and it influenced your decision on Sunday morning, whether you were going to get up and go to church, whether you were going to go out Saturday night and be too tired to get up for church, whether you were going to show up late, whether you were going to have a bad attitude. All of this went on inside of you before the action was ever done. That's why the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. It started in the soul. Let's hit these last two so we can go home for the night. Patterns of emotion. How well do you understand your moods and emotions? Do you observe and try to understand your emotions or do you react to them impulsively? Do you view difficult emotions as enemies? You know, I, I had a brother once tell me that emotions were for women. And I had a woman tell me one time that she wished she didn't have emotions. And that's sad because emotions are God given. But we just we operate in such a realm of dysfunction. You know, Dr. Miles Monroe says it best when one doesn't know the purpose of a thing, abuse of that thing is evident. When you don't know the purpose of your emotions, you're going to abuse emotions and you're not going to like emotions and you're going to be robotic and separate yourself from emotions. But imagine not having the emotion of expression when you see your child walk across that stage or your child come running in the door. Or how about your pet who you just maybe smacked on the nose because they wet on the floor and then 20 minutes later, they come in the room and they charge you like they've never seen you in 20 years or haven't seen you in 20 years. And they just love, 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 love you. Those are emotions. And that is what God has given us to be human beings. He breathed the breath of life into us and we became a living soul. We became human beings. He gave us emotions as expressions. Emotions go with the abundant life aspect. There is no emotion. There is no abundant life. Look at a sociopath. They operate out of one or maybe three emotions and none of them give them abundant life. Emotions are the color to your black and white photo. You don't want to get rid of emotions. You don't want to blame emotions. You want to learn the purpose of emotions because when you don't know the purpose of something, you abuse it. You bought a chest or a bookshelf from Walmart. The purpose of the shelf is to put items in few books, some notebooks, maybe a couple little trinkets. It tells you how much weight it can hold. And it tells you exactly the pattern for the nails and the screws and which board goes on which shelf. You don't bother to read the directions and you've got a whole table full of stuff you want to put on it. You put it on it, the thing breaks. 
you're upset, you bring it back to Walmart, you blame Walmart, you blame the manufacturer because you didn't know the purpose of the thing. You broke the thing. You couldn't appreciate the thing. You couldn't get out of it what you needed to get out of it because you didn't know the purpose. The purpose of this thing was to hold 30 pounds of weight and nothing more. You didn't know the purpose, so you abused it. Yes. You don't want to get rid of emotions. You want to understand the purpose of emotions and how to remain in control of your emotions so you can enjoy life in color. You can enjoy life in its purpose, life in its abundantness. So do you try to understand your emotions or do you react to them impulsively? Do you view difficult emotions as enemies to be avoided or gotten rid of or messengers trying to tell you something or messengers trying to tell you something? Absolutely. A lot of men were taught emotions don't exist. That's why I love men who can embrace their emotion. That was one of the main things that attracted me to my husband in the beginning. He didn't have a problem showing emotions and I'm not towards me in his expression of himself or to his expression with his newfound relationship with God. Emotions are the color in life, y'all. The last one, and we got to end patterns of behavior. Do you understand why you tend to act in the same way in certain situations? Do you have a sense of what types of events are triggering for you? Do you understand what motivates your behaviors or leads to self sabotage? I'm going to do a teaching later this year. Um, it's probably going to last a month. I'm probably going to do um, just short pieces of it every day and spread it over a month about triggers. You're going to be so surprised at what triggers you. Most people think that they just have anger. They don't realize that they have an anxiety that triggers anger. But the anxiety is is covered usually in some type of defense mechanism you know, they'll get on the phone, they'll go to sleep, they'll smoke, all these things to kill the anxiety, which they believe they're only killing and angry. But the anger isn't the problem. It's the anxiety that's not dealt with. What are your triggers? What causes anxiety in your life? I'm going to read it again since this is the last one for this evening. Patterns of your behavior. We talked about patterns of your thinking, patterns of your emotions and patterns of your behavior. Do you understand why you tend to act in the same way in certain situations? If you can think of one right now, start writing that down. Do you have a sense of what types of events are triggering for you? And do you understand what motivates your behaviors or leads to self-sabotage? You're going to need a replay tonight and you're going to need to get your journal out and answer these questions as best you can. If you were in my office, we would have went through this tonight like this. And then I would have given you some soul work, some extension of the office appointment, some work to do at home on your own. And I would ask you to journal as best you can. Sometimes in your life where things bothered you, they just they just get on your nerve and just write them down. No explanation, just write them down. And then I would ask you to also write down for me what motivates your behaviors or what has led you in the past to self-sabotage. That's it. Then when you bring it back in, we unpack it. We put it on the front of a box. We open up the box and say, let's look in. Let's see what's in here. What is this self-sabotage really about?
What's this behavior that you have that motivates you to self-sabotage yourself? What are the things that trigger you when someone asks you questions? What triggers you when someone asks you something more than once? What triggers you when someone asks you a question and you perceive it as them blaming you? No one's blaming you. They're simply asking a question, but to you, you're being blamed. What's the trigger behind that? And we unpack these patterns of behavior and patterns of emotion and patterns of thought, because if we're going to change your life, we have to change how you think. We have to change how you process emotion, which is going to ultimately change your behavior. It's a lot of work, but it's worth it. And young people, when I say young people, I'm saying 20s and 30s, they're jumping on this stuff like it's free because they want to live a better life. They're not interested in all the labels. They're not interested in the big old house. They're willing to live as minimalists. They're willing to cut down the hours that they work and live on less so they can spend time in the coffee shop socializing with people, finding out why is it that this triggers them? How can they heal from self-sabotage? They're interested in this stuff. If I can get the older folks to get on the bandwagon with this, I think of, we could make a zero, 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 one percent of the world a little bit better. All right. Well, my time is up and I'm sure yours as well. Next, um, tomorrow night, I was going to say next month, tomorrow night, we'll talk about types of self-awareness and we'll dig a little bit uh, more into, I'll give a, a book uh, recommendation to you if you want to get it to read after we're done in January to keep your, your change going. Um, we'll deal with that on tomorrow night. We should better knock that out. We'll talk about the importance of self-awareness um, and by the second night of this and all the benefits from it, why you should go after it, why you should be pursuing this, why you shouldn't give up on yourself. And then we will jump probably really deep into... Let's see. I don't think I want to deal with that. I think that's going to be just for the one-on-one -on -one people. We will probably deal in how self-aware are you, which is, means that it's going to be an assessment. So we'll deal with an assessment coming up in a couple of days. So if you haven't taken your personality assessment, please go and get it done. You have time. I'm looking forward to hearing about it with you. I'm excited for you. Um, why am I excited for you? Because I wish above all things, that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. Thank you so much for jumping on with us tonight. The email to the coaches are in here. Our phone number, if you need to reach us, if you're struggling with any anxiety, we want to get back to you. Remember, you shouldn't have anxiety because these things can be triggering, but you shouldn't have them more than one evening. If you wake up with it on tomorrow, let's get a phone call and let's give you some breathing techniques. Let's have a prayer with you. It's easy to set you free. I, I handle anxiety. I mean, God has just graced me with such a gift to handle anxiety with people and the resources and tools that I give them. It works and it's, it's just a blessing. So thank you for tuning in tonight. We bless you in the name of the Lord. I look forward to seeing you on tomorrow night. And don't forget we're on... YouTube, if you would please subscribe, I would appreciate it. And we're on Instagram and all the places where you get your podcast from. And I think that is it for tonight. I don't think I've forgotten anything. Email me. Let me know how y'all doing. And let me know if I did okay by stepping off the gas a little bit. Because a couple of nights, you always like, I'm hashtag out. So I want to make sure that you don't fall out. I don't want to trigger you. I don't want to lose you. I want to keep you prospering to some of the best things coming in your life. All right, people of God, I love you. My time is up. God bless you and have a wonderful, wonderful rest. Let it
Dr. Suzanne Howard is happy to have shared this time with you. To get more information on solutions and personal development, coaching, and counseling of the soul, go to www.suzannemhoward.com. You can also find her on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Periscope. Thank you for tuning in with us.